All things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. Three blokes catching up over a can of three. So many things that we cannot wait to see. Do we like cheese and Pinot now that Wetzel chose to go? Or with a sieve and some Frenchman, can the pretzel raise his dough? The defending champ signed Dalla Dover. Mo Harvey's still the next star, but will he supernova? There are makers and hunters and cooks for the kings, but will it end up in championship rings? Harvey's floating around again. He'll be picking rolling with Big Juke Reef and two blokes named Froling. We love Big Will that thrills and Kai Soto from the fills and Big Zim on the rim with Machado feeding him with a bullet spear force with Sobe and Tyrell. When the law's headed west, only time will tell. So without further ado, we're back for MBL 22. G'day listeners, you're back with Banksy and Boydy, the basketball bloke, dribbling all things Aussie hoops and NBL fantasy. And as I have alluded to, we are Bennyless tonight uh, as we record here. Uh, he's uh, currently under, a little bit under the weather. It's not the very, very late scratching. Very late scratching. He's not. It's not the COVIDs. Um, but as you will probably uh, hear in this, Benny is our uh, what is he, Banksy? He's our rundown man. He's our dad jokes. Uh, he's our, he's our writer. He's our uh, he, he he doesn't tell us. He doesn't the constructor. Us. He's constructor. the constructor. Yes, he, yeah. He's quasi taken over as host. Um, he is is all those things, and but he's he's a humble man, so he doesn't like to. Uh, so what you're saying vote. is this could be an absolute disaster this, with this us two running the show. Could be a disaster. <laughs> that's right. Um, as we'll we do just fine. For the last half an hour, Banks and I have been talking about this and um, talking about the the show tonight. And look, I basically wing it, and Banksy is fairly prepared. I'm a planner, uh, so I don't know how this is going to turn out, and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to get all the uh, little sound clips and all that sort of jazz put in. Oh, that's right. The other thing Benny does is he's the editor. So uh, let's 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 see how we go. I guess we we might even just start off with the review. Let's do it. Who's ready for another sob story from Benny? It's time for the NBL Fantasy Round Review. So the review for the week, well, I thought we'd chuck this in, uh, Banksy. We haven't done this every week lately, um, probably because a certain person's been winning top bloke every week just about. And the uh, other two, uh, who shall remain nameless, have been fighting it out for who's ordinary bloke this week. But seeing as Benny's not here, and he's the ordinary bloke, we might, we might, we might do it. What do you think? Well, we must do it. Um, I was disappointed we didn't do it last week, and it's something I have not looked forward to for the last three years of us doing this. But it's something I'm very interested in these days. That's right. Um, so, Benny, with the cancelled game, obviously the uh, JJ's v New Zealand game being cancelled late uh, or postponed, sorry. Um, Benny ended up the uh, ordinary bloke on 427 points for the round. Uh, I got lucky with McCarran being on my bench. Uh, oh, sorry, on my starting lineup um, for Majet in the end uh, because I was a bit worried about that game getting cancelled with oh, the JJ's. Triple, so double, watch. Lucked up. 
lucked out with uh, with Macca there. He gave me uh, he ended up getting me the average bloke for the week at four sixty one. But hang on a second, hang on a second. This bloke just keeps on keeping on. Still currently you ranked first, is it, Banksy? Yeah, three out of four weeks. Still up there, number one. Still a good forty um, odd points. Uh, ahead of second oh, at the moment as well. That's so nothing. A little, bit, a, little bit. a little bit, but there's look, they're, they're coming up. There's a, a lot on my tail there, um, and I've had a look through the, the the top ten, and there's um there's some really good teams out there. Um, yep. So anything can happen from week to week. Scored five thirty five last week. Um, Huge for those that are interested. Managed to get an upgrade in um, just through planning. Yep. Um, traded Vic Law and Kyle Zunick to Reith and Jalen Adams. So Oof, it was nice good to get that there. Yeah, that uh, point, Ella would have expected a bit more from Reith. Yep. He was probably outplayed by Sam Froling, of course. But, um, yeah, Jalen Adams up uh, up from Zunick. That's going to be a good long-term trade. Like it. Um, and... Obviously, you know, as we talked about the scores, yeah, it finished up on 535 points for the round, over 100 points more than Benny, which is which is huge, really, I think. Um, and look, I was looking in trouble until Macca came out and had a 64 or whatever he ended up having in the end. Um, so, you know... I, I, I lost some of my league games. There was, I think it was a guy I oh, played yeah. and scored over 600. Um, at the end of the day, I had, a, I had a zero at small forward because I had Travers and, and um, McVeigh still there. Yep. Um, and then obviously the cancelled game as well. So there were certainly teams out there that, that went a lot higher than me over the 600 mark. Um, could have been bigger. Crazy. Um, all right. I think well, that's enough for the review. Let's get on to some fantasy news. NBL Fantasy News. Now this is where we normally have Benny's expertise. This is his part of the uh, part of the podcast. But um, obviously, the comeback win over Sydney was the uh, only positive for the Breakers. Unfortunately, as their game versus the JJs, as we know, was postponed. Um, and we've since learned that the Breakers now have, of course, their Cans clash in next round cancelled um, this week, which leaves them on a donor. And as we know, there's a Heavy ownership for players like Wetzel and um, Jeremiah the Bullfrog Martin and a lot of people um, who were looking really good um, jumping on Siva, um, unfortunately lose that. And and now the Breakers only have the um, the one game over the next fortnight, importantly. Um, Simon Brookhouse said uh, that it's his understanding was that only six Breakers could suit up, and, and that's the reason for the cancellation. They can't field uh, enough players to, to actually play the game. And the JJs, they obviously had their own outbreak as well, as we heard. And Scott Roth, he said that it's difficult because it's a respiratory disease. And he's glad that they didn't have a game last week, obviously giving them a little bit more time as well. Was so, the, uh, yeah, so Simon Brookhouse, obviously, is CEO of uh, the Tasmanian team, Jack Jumpers. Yep. Um only six of them there, which is which is. I mean, there's a couple of teams that loaded up on those uh, on the New Zealand triple. Um, I think there's a even one of our uh, one of our Patreon supporters might have even had four up to four New Zealanders. Um, New Zealand I know players. who you're talking so, about. What's his hey? name? What's his TLG. name? TLG. There you TLG, go. I think. Call him I think out. He had four. Um, <laughs> he was he was chirping. Lots of chirping. Loves a bit of banter. 
Um, and uh, so obviously the cancelled game or the postponed game didn't work out well. Now, as you, you mentioned Siva there, now he's so cheap that he, he you can afford to just park him on the bench. I wouldn't be worried if your third breaker was Siva or Siva. Um, it'd be the guys that, you know, maybe loaded up on the four players, like I mentioned there, might have Finn Delaney, might have Yarny, might have Jeremiah Martin. Yeah, and I agree. Receiver or something that I mean, the sieve you can live with. It's one of those other two guys you have to run with a zero this week, and then only the single next week. That probably hurts a little bit more, I would say, because they're a bit more higher price. But you could trade them out next week, really. Um, oh yeah, if I trade so, a sieve in, he would he would be the last breaker yep. I'd be trading. And obviously, we were thinking longer term. We were all three of us were pretty big on Jalen over Siva last week. But um, yep. look, even from what I imagine, Siva really overachieved. Um, he looked really yeah. good. Even though he's still coming off the bench, um, he was still a, a go-to um, for the breakers and he looked really good. So he's still yep. underpriced and he's still going to get, you know, probably a good two to three weeks of that 100K rise, I'd imagine, from what he's put up there. So with the lack of cash cows, I'd definitely be parking him on the bench longer term. Yep. Um, and while we're talking about the, that uh, the mix-up there, I guess Ch- Charlie Horse, one of our patrons, had to support uh, a question for us. Should we be avoiding players on those teams who are coming off weeks off re-COVID? Um, E.g., the t- are we avoiding the Taipans this coming week? Stats would possibly lean towards this. Let's see how Perth go tomorrow. So obviously this question was earlier in the week. We saw how Perth went. They were pretty rusty, Terrible. especially early. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Look, without going into too much detail, the stats don't lie, and the stats say that teams coming back from those COVID um, layoffs, um, where players are, are, are you know off with COVID, um, are definitely seeing a drop in fantasy production. And and as we can see on the court with um, you know Perth this week and maybe New Zealand previous weeks, um, um, you know it's having an impact. And, and this is where Benny comes into play. He obviously sends out that fantastic stats pack and newsletter weekly to our Patreon subscribers. And he highlighted exactly that this week, that, um, you know, the fantasy impact of, of these games where teams are coming straight back out of um, COVID restrictions. And in short, he's got there that there's been a 30-plus fantasy point reduction in fantasy points as a team compared yep. to a team's average per game. And not only that, but those impacted teams are also conceding a significant amount more fantasy points to the opposing team. So there's obviously a theme there and something to be conscious of because we've got other teams that are fighting through that, obviously now, like the JJs and, and Cairns. So, yep. yeah, absolutely. I think Kansas, Kansas is a tricky one, though, because they, I mean, they're going to be a bit rusty because they haven't played a game and I think their last game was New Year's Eve, maybe. Um, but as you saw... Adelaide said, uh, Adelaide says hi. Yeah, well, Adelaide had 28-day <laughs> gap, I think it was, or 31-day gap or whatever it was. It was exactly a month, I think. But they played yep. really well. And they didn't look, you know, out of touch, except for maybe a couple Not of players that we'll, we'll mention a bit later. We'll talk about those in the questions, I think, a bit later. But, um, yep. you know, McCarran popping up, having a 64. You know, DJ was good. Uh, Besto was good, etc. So I guess it depends on who gets it. As you know, knowing quite a few people, like my old man has uh, COVID, and my in-laws have it at the moment, and obviously Banksy's had it, and and plenty of other people we know as well. Um, look, it it depends on the, the individual. Some people get smashed around by it massively. Some people don't. Um, so it's it's one of those things we can't really we can't really say you know positively it's going to have a huge impact. Um, 
I think I'll mention this quickly when I when we go into a good segue into the Dr. Boyd segment a bit later. But I know, I think McCall was even the one that said um, recently that his um, the break has been the COVID enforced sort of break because they've missed out on games for three or four rounds now. It feels like um, that it's helped with his knee injury because um, you know it's kept him sort of fresh and he hasn't been playing games. So you know, sometimes it can you know it can work out for the good, and I think Cairns, Cairns might be a bit of a different issue, obviously, because they're missing the last couple of games they've missed because of other teams. It hasn't been them with COVID. I know they did have it in one week. Um, it was their COVID layoff, but um, you know, after that, I think it's been other teams that have caused their team caused their games to go. Yeah. Um, they're not so, straight out. They're not straight out of it necessarily. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Like Perth were um, with the game on Tuesday night, um, and like other teams have been previously. So yeah, but it's going to be a bit touch and go. I'm not sure. I'd say I'd completely avoid them, and then for other reasons, uh, you might want to be looking at the type ends, which we'll talk about a bit later as well. So I think seeing as I sort of segued into it, um, maybe let's go into a bit of Doctor Boyd. The Injury Report with Dr. Boyd. So the new injuries that we had this week, we had uh, obviously heartbreaking RJ Hunter, season-ending knee injury. It didn't Didn't look good good. straight away. Um, Got a feel for him. Got a feel for the Kings. Yeah. How many times... In such a small part of the season, the yep, second yep. or third uh, stint out. So, yeah, like I like I think I mentioned it on our last pod last week. I thought he was like possibly a little bit of a sneaky pick. Um, you know, he had that first game where he came out and had twenty seven fantasy points in only twelve minutes on the court oh, in round one. You know, and you're thinking, here we go. Um, Obviously. And I had him in the I had him in the preseason videos that we did as well, and yeah. I was I was <laughs> watching his G League highlights and that, and looking at these numbers. I was I was huge on him. Um, I was really looking forward to having him in my team throughout the season. So, yep. yeah, no good, no good. Um, unfortunately, um, so he's out for the year now. So that's two at Sydney. So obviously they've got Jordan Hunter that's out already for the season as well. Uh, Tad, the Duffman, uh, over in Adelaide, missed the game on uh, Tuesday night uh, with a foot injury, so no other updates from that one yet. Um, And that's about it from there. Likely return this week, like we said, McCall, um, saying, you know, since the New Year's Eve game, he is, uh, they obviously haven't played Cairns, so he was going to be playing this week by the sounds of it, um, said the days off are helping tremendously. I can't complain about that. It's been a blessing in disguise. It gives me a lot more time to strengthen to make sure I'm back completely. So never fear, McCall owners, if you are still hanging on to him, even though they haven't played for a couple of rounds, um, you, it looks like you're going to get McCall coming back, smashing it from day one, I reckon. A couple of returns last round. We had Sunday Desh come back. We had Todd Blanchard come back. And we had the Humph come back, although he sort of, I think they just mentioned on the coverage he was coming, he was just out of COVID protocols and didn't take the court until the third quarter. Oh, he is going to be cheap, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He is. He has uh, already shred almost 300K of his starting price. Yep. And um, I know a lot of people Benny started with him. Even, even Benny started with him yep. at that price. Yep. And now he's not just 300K cheaper now, but he's now got a seven 
in yep. his um his rolling score. Be, so might even be more if he has another game uh, where he only plays six minutes or whatever he did on Tuesday night. The other injuries to monitor just to finish off there. Scotty Machado originally stated for a return about seven to nine weeks. Um, I think we're kind of getting close there. I think it might be about five weeks since he did it, maybe even six. So keep an eye out on the Cairns Twitter. They um, why why is that important, Boydy? Oh, because he's getting cheap, my friend. Not just that. Why else is that important? Uh, because Cairns have the most games left ooh, for the season. Hang on, hang on. We're going to go to the schedule now, are we? Hang on, let's, we let's, will. Let's that was... Let's uh, Failing to plan is planning to fail. It's time for the Schedulizer. Oh, how smooth was that, Banksy? Probably not as smooth as when Benny's here, but um, <laughs> we, we do our best. <laughs> now, obviously, we almost got through a full round of games without any cancellations. We oh. almost got there. Okay, but um, the good news, look, as we've been sort of uh, experiencing over the past few weeks is we're just sort of always waiting um, throughout the week for these change of schedules. And, you know, we've we've got to late Thursday night and there haven't been any changes. So I think we're fair to say we're not going to get a a schedule reshuffle next week. Um, However, we obviously had the the one cancellation already with New Zealand now rocking a donut in round eight. Um, and Cairns now joining Perth and Tassie on a single, okay, mm-hmm. as we head into round eight. Now, obviously, looking at the schedule and planning your trades, I would obviously definitely be targeting Hawks and 36ers. They're the only teams with at least a double in each of the next three rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, Hawks' best schedule have seven games over the next three weeks. Adelaide, the six, so they're the standout teams. You know, you want to compare that to your Cairns, United, um, New Zealand and even Perth, they've all got just the four games, if you want to put it in asterisks, at this stage over the next three weeks. Um, it's going to come a point where Cairns must have a blistering schedule because, um, as That's we it. know, they have the most games by far to come compared to all the other teams. That's it. Um, as it stands, post, post round 11, Cairns mm. have 18 games remaining. Whereas some teams, uh, so the lowest is Sydney on 13. So you've got a f- full five games more from Cairns over the last, you know, however many rounds they do. Um, I think it was scheduled to be 20, wasn't it? So there's another nine rounds after that. So Cairns are looking at having 20 games in, oh, sorry, 18 games in nine rounds. Whereas you've got nine rounds, Sydney are only looking at having 13 games at the, after post Round 11. So, and the information we're getting this from. So, jump on to www.basketballblokes.com slash schedule. Uh, that's where we put our schedulizer up. We're updating it as quick as we can. Um, there's a few asterisks on there and some explanations about asterisks and all that sort of stuff because of the uh, the world we're living in at the moment. But um, that's where you can see where we're quoting from at the moment. And it's good because it's got games played up to now, yep. so you know how many games yep. have passed. But most importantly, games left um, per yep. club. So really important. Um, going forward, I mean, there's going to be very high ownership, you'd imagine, for the likes of McCall, for that reason alone. Yep. Okay, yep. so um, worth mentioning with looking at the schedule, obviously triples. Okay, mm. so Brisbane, as we know, they've got the triple this week. But yep. importantly, they've got a single the following 
two weeks. So yes, you're going to stack up on them. Probably not for that reason, but you probably yep. want to have a captain on the triple as a result. Um, yes. Hawks also have a triple. That's not for a little while, but in round 10. But again, it's followed by a single there as well. So how... Hard do you go on these triple teams when you know that the following week they're going to be hit with a, a single and you've only, as we know, got the, the two trades a week? Yep. Like it, mate. Um, I think we've covered everything off in the singles there. We've got quite a few questions, so should we jump into them? Let's do it. Need an adjudication on who to trade in this week? How about a ruling on who to sit or start? Let's see who submitted their case for judgment in the fantasy full court. All right, I'll go first reading out the question. Banksy, I know you were getting a bit hot under the collar with this one. Is it better to trade my bench guys, McVeigh or Bales, to say a Sunday or Wani, as in Wani LeBullock, uh, or similar, to improve bench and make a little coin, or do I trade Yarni and the Bullfrog Martin, I'm presuming that is, for McCall Franks to make cash 200K, hoping. It's good, some good England there from Charlie Horse. Um Mainly looking at the big picture. Really good question. And the reason I say that is um, just the way this season has played out compared to others is we're we're actually seeing our premiums be the cash cows. We don't have those traditional 250K basement bargain players that are making us stacks of cash on the bench. It's Mm -hmm. it's not a season like any other season we've seen. So I – and look, trying to be as humble as I can here, the way I've – gone about my team this year and the reason my value is up at 13 million is i've actually planned my trades around making money through my premiums if that makes sense Mm -hmm. okay so um for me it's what charlie's quoted there it's not a large enough upgrade for mine to warrant a trade with those bench guys um always say court comes first that's where your points are and you know just what he's mentioned there, going Yanni, who has one game over the next two weeks, as does Martin, to yep. McCall and Franks, who have much better schedules, obviously, going forward. Yep. And you're already guaranteed pretty much the maximum cash increase you can have from those trades of a 100K increase for both of those guys. McCall is set to go up 100K as yep. soon as he steps foot on the court, and we know that Franks is more or less in the same boat. So you're already getting the maximum cash grab that you would get even if those um, bench increases or bench upgrades went as well as they possibly could. You're already getting that cash grab from upgrading your premiums anyway. Um, Jan- Martin wasn't making that much cash, although he looked fairly good on court, and Yanni's going to slow down after he's had a couple of games in the 30s. So yep. you're already getting the cash just from playing the, the premium um, trade game anyway. Um, I don't know, Dr. Boyd, where Bale stands right now, but the only thing I can say there is if Bales is out, well, that might change the question a little bit because ideally you don't want to be rolling with donuts um, anywhere on court or let alone on yep. your bench, but... If it's a cash cow question, then that's where we're making our money with our um, our premium trades this season with the way it works. I think Bales is out for a little while um, still at the moment because it was a pretty bad uh, hamstring, I think it was. Um, but what I would be thinking of, I'm, I might put a little bit of A and a little bit of B. Um, if you've got a little bit of cash available, I would be trading up, say, Bales to, if you can wing it because they're different, I know where you're going, yeah. But go DJ3J. Yep, I knew you were going. Um, 
and then upgrade. I'd be taking Franks if you can this week, obviously because of uh, their triple. Near the captain. Um, and McCall only going down to a single is a bit of a tough call. So if you can swing that some way, Charlie Horse, I would be definitely bringing, say, DJ3J in for Bales and then uh, then trying to get Franks in if you can swing it. Uh, and segue straight into the next question, Dunny, DJ3J versus Desh as a SESG cash cow. SESG, I like it. <laughs> DJ3J for me all day long. Yeah. Um, RJ Hunter out for me means the minutes and heavier reliance on Vasilja Rich yep. is there. Um, really liked his last game. Obviously he had a few rusty games, but that 46 uh, last game, that's going to get his price moving um, again after a couple of lower scores. But um yep. I had a look back. Obviously, again, we, we say this just about every pod, but you can look back on previous season fantasy scores per player and, and game logs. But seems like a lifetime ago. But remember, DJ3J, he averaged 30 fantasy points per game over 21 games prior to his injury last season. And he's priced at around 15. And he's only going to build. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're going to need him at that shooting guard position to play large minutes. Um with Hunter out until they, if they do, sign someone else. But um, he's going to make money. And that 46 in his rolling scores should see him start to increase in price thereafter. Yep. Um, Desh, for me, I think he scored, don't have it in front of me, I think it was roughly 19. Yep. Um, the way I look at him, he's, he's more a lockdown defender. I don't see him being a big cash grab. Okay, yes, they've got a good schedule. But I don't see him increasing too much in price with um, yeah. his his role in that squad. Yeah, I mean he's had a, he's he's only played the one game and he had a nineteen. So, um, but even looking at his averages from previous years, his last three, he's averaged sixteen, last five, fourteen. So, yeah, Sunday's a bit of a tough one there. I I'm not sure I'd be jumping on the bandwagon yet. I know a lot of people were keen preseason, but then got injured, etc. Um, I would be probably going DJ3J from Sydney as well, and I have actually had him in my side at some stage this um, this week. Um, not sure if I will go with it yet, as I'm still playing around with it in the next 24 hours or 22 hours probably, or actually close to more like 21 hours. But um, yes. And look, there's some pretty scary um, scores in there. Don't get me wrong. You know, we're looking at the last three games for DJ3J. He had a seven and an eight prior to was coming 46. back from an Achilles injury. Though, exactly, so. exactly. He's, he, exactly, that's that's my point. He's building, um, yep. and that 46, that game he looked much better, um, not just from a scoring perspective, but he also got some defensive stats in the way of steals or blocks that contributed to his score. But as I said, you're looking at a, a non-injured DJ3J, and he can average you 30-plus. Um, and, and that's what you want at a, at a price. What is he, 600-odd K at yeah, the moment as as his, as his dash? So Just under yep. 700. Yep. Yeah. Answer for me would be DJ3J. Like it. Uh, all right, next question there. Nathan, get in early on Bashley or wait until the round 10 double? Settle down. Uh, Settle down. <laughs> Settle down, Nathan. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I would definitely be waiting until that round 10 double. As we know, um, Phoenix very much stacked now yeah. in that, the, that uh, the big man department. They've got uh, the cheese and pinot, as we know. Yep. 
And, um, you know, that being said, I mean, how many times has, uh, yes, he's played in the league before, but but how often has a player come in for their first game in the league, whether it's an import or a new player, yep. and busted out to the point where they must own? It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And the Phoenix yeah. have that single next week, and that's why he's yep. alluding to waiting until the round 10 double. Yep. And, um, you know, Bashley would no doubt be be learning the um the new system at the phoenix as well yeah so yeah, the other thing i would say is i remember early on when bashley was at new zealand he did have trouble with fouls um so you know it, that might take a little bit more to come back in his first few games i was trying to say there so his first few games i know he fouled out he might have even fouled out a few times even later in the season as well um so let's wait and see there i think you know, Sam are pretty stacked at the, that big spot now. They've got yeah. almost, you know, four guys who can play pretty decent minutes there. And undeniably, so. has, like you said, he's got more competition competition um, at his position at the Phoenix than he did with the Breakers. Yeah, he did for sure. Um, all right, moving on to the next one. Now, there's, there's, there's probably lots of these questions. So, come up we this got- week with their schedule. So, let's, let's go with Paddy's first. Thoughts on bringing in XRM, Rath and Mays? with the Hawks' good schedule coming up? Well, he's quickly becoming a, a big six-man of the, yep. the year candidate. That's, on the coverage, it's, yep. it's all they seem to talk about on the coverage. Um, obviously, Liam's big on him, Corey's big on him, and without doubt, we've seen that in the last couple of weeks. Fantasy scores of 43 and 32 in his last two. Um, yep. As a result, his price is now trending upwards. Um, you know, he's, he's at a very cheap price in the 800K range, and just based on the amount of games that the Hawks are going to be playing, even if he isn't stellar, he's at the end of the day, he's playing seven games over those three weeks. So for me, it's a safe trade. It could be a cash grab if you're going to downgrade someone more expensive on your point guard bench there. Um, and look, even if he, say, goes 30 average across those seven games over the three weeks, he's likely still going to outscore some of the PGs averaging 40 in less games. So, yep. like you know, I, I can't see that trade going wrong, even if he's average, you know, around that 30 fantasy points per game because it's a cash yep. grab and he's going to get you um, very good points because of the amount of games the Hawks are playing. I like that totally. And if he wasn't just a PG, if he was PG SG, he would oh, how good be would that be right side now? this year. Yes. This, sorry, this round, uh, this week. But he is not. He's only a PG. And as the boys, the other blokes have uh, joked about previously, I think I've got s- maybe six PGs in my team. Five. You can only have five, can't you? So I've got five, sorry. Got them all. But, oh, catch them all. Got one, two, catch them all. I've got one, two, three, four. I've got four PGS eligible yeah. players you start, at present. you got to start looking at the big men, Boyd. That's yeah, where the points no, are. But how can I look? Look, it paid off this week. I, I kept Macca, McCarran, as my sixth man, and it's paid off, hasn't it? And now they've got three three weeks of doubles. So how can I trade a bloke that just had a 64? True. He's got three doubles in a row. I wouldn't be doing that. No, but right. look, yeah. but look, you know, even this might sound silly, but people are looking for cash. There's no cash cows. Yep. I mean, although he's a Tassie, cash cow, he's a cash we'll talk, cow but, we'll talk about that a bit later, maybe. But all, all I was going to say is, I mean, a lot of people have Majet still sitting on the bench there, and yep. I mean, he's got three straight games in the twenties. He, he's he's yep. losing cash. He's not making cash. Yep. You can get a quick three hundred k trading Majet on the bench down to Rath and Mays, yep. a guy that's scoring better and has more games, and you can put that cash elsewhere. Don't mind that. Um, all righty. Oh, man, I've lost where we are in the rundown. See, this is I'll, go, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll got you. I'll got you back. I'll got you. 
Hope Benny's, hope Benny's still listening. So we had Keegan, <laughs> another question. He sent a couple in. Answer might depend on potential schedule changes and price changes, but could you bring Humphreys in or is Oof. it too early for that? Oof. I think, uh, to be fair for Keegan here, I think he might have sent it prior to um, last night's game. He did. Yep. Yep. No, no so, prior to Tuesday's game. But yeah, yeah, so after yeah. last week, um, or after last game, I should say, we, we absolutely wait. Am I right? Hey. Am I right, Boyd? We wait. We wait. We wait. We wait. <laughs> what do you score a seven? It's a it's another reduction in price, and mm-hmm. Hump is gonna be cheap. cheap as chips. I think um, he might end up being like one of the highest owned players. I've got a feeling because everyone's starting to look think about. It. There's so many questions about cash, you know, cash cash cows, cash grabs, downgrade options, etc. This is how you make your cash this season. It's not a cash cow season. You've got to look for the the value. And when a guy is so capable, as capable as Hump is at at pumping out the big scores, we saw it last season, 50s, 60s, continuous weeks. You know, this is a minutes game for for Hump right now. Um, As soon as he shakes off this rust and starts playing the minutes, I mean, I don't own him. But I'm definitely, you know, for example, my team to be transparent, I've got Madruk sitting on my bench at centre there. He's around that 900k mark. We're going to see Hump at around 700k with a bit of schedule next week. I've got yep. my own Magne. So I just need one of these guys that are cheaper. That's how I'm making cash with a better schedule. Just want to see something from these guys with higher minutes, jump on board, oh. and he's going to be a bargain at some point. I'll red flag it, though. Sure. The Bears playing so well. Tuesday mm-hmm. night, he smashed it. As in Bearstow, I'm talking about here, you know, like it's going to be tough for um, CJ to, you know, I guess feed him more minutes, feed the hump for minutes while Bearstow and DJ are sort of getting the job done. Can I reverse slag you? Yeah. Okay. So Bearstow, balling. I mean, balling. <laughs> we haven't seen him go this well in the league ever, I don't think. He, no. He's peaking right now. But yeah. is that because... Kai, Sito, and Hump are not playing any minutes. Yeah, that, it is. But how, how can you take minutes away from the bear while he's playing like this? You can't. Well, I don't think you can. Um, I don't think the bear can keep Sustain. playing. Yep. Sus- yeah, that's the that, that's the word. Sustain word. the minutes and the output that he is right now for his I age. No, he's looking pretty good. The fittest he he's is, ever been. Touch wood, he stays this fit. We'll see Let's revisit this in a few weeks. I, I just don't see it being sustainable. Um, the Humph has got at least one cash downgrade go- coming at l- and possibly even two. Yep. Depending on how he goes this round, I would say. So I would be still waiting on the Humph at this stage, but definitely in a couple of weeks he's something you want to look at for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, plug in Maddie. Hold or trade Wetzel, one of the league's best performers, but the New Zealand schedule is toxic. I think he's a big a one, man. One word he's answer, a- isn't it? Yeah, it is. He's a big man. 1.3? 1.39? I think he's 1.4. No, he's 1.4, yeah. 1.39. Get rid of him. Yeah. You can't have him on a single. He's got – it's too much cash. It's it's now one – and he might have sent that question prior to the cancellation, to be fair. um, That was today at 4.59 p.m. Okay, I apologise. But, um, yeah, one game in two weeks, and you've got all these big men, your Sam Froling, uh, your Reefs, your Cooks, um, you know, you want to be filling those positions up with guys that are on a double. You cheese. Um, you, you can't afford to hold Wetzel, I don't think. Um, not only that, no, I mean, he's, he's what he's had two games back-to-back now in the 30s. Yep. Um, he is probably now overpriced. Although he's he went done. up 800K this week, 
if he goes up next week, I think it's – well, he's not going to go up because he's not playing a game, but the following week. Um, 80, 80k up, it's, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna stun his increase. So it's he's got to go. He's got to go. Done. Got to go. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Tyson, thoughts on Xavier Mumford to replace Martin? Good scoring potential and dual position. Like it. Point guard, shooting guard. There's not too many of them. One point one two mil value for me. Three doubles in the next four. That's a good trade for mine. As a member, what do you think? Yeah, look, I like it. He's been in my side as well. I just think there's there's other options there too now. Um, we talked about, you know, depending on which position you have him in, you've got XRM that we talked about before. We've got seven games for when Mumford's only got the five over the next three rounds. Um, you know, if you're looking at that SG space, you could even throw in JJ there, Jessup, um, who's been very consistent and around about the same price as Mumford as well. Mumford have a high selling though. Highest ceiling, but surely. he's only got five games compared to seven, you know. So you, yeah. you've got to play that numbers game. Um, yep. Seven times, you know, 35, I think, uh, Jessup's averaging uh, is going to be more than five times what Mumford's been averaging over the last three, so or three or five, So because he's obviously had some low scores in there too. So it's um it's a little bit of a tricky one. Um but I, look, I like it, and I like it as a bit of a point of difference as well. Um, so yeah, like yes it. No. I give it a tick. It I'm a not tick. doing. I, I'm not doing it, but I, I'm giving it the tick. Yeah, um, I don't mind it. As I said, and, and my side. I, th- I think one thing that we have learnt this season is you can't go too heavy on one team. Yes, the Hawks have the great schedule, yep. but even with New Zealand on the triple last week, I, I yep. was adamant I was not going more than two. And as it stands, I don't have more than two players from the one yep. team in my team Correct. because we, we, we know what can happen. At any stage, these games can be cancelled due to COVID. So there's only so many, and I'm sure that a lot of people are on Reef, for example, maybe yep. Sam Froling. Um, so, yeah, Mumford, price-wise, don't mind it at yeah. all. Yeah, and even even if your team doesn't get COVID, a la Cairns, like they had, they had some issues, but now they've been free of it for two weeks, I think, but they've had other teams... That's COVID, it. who they're scheduled to play, so then they're still COVID rules. So I think that's a pretty smart rule you've got there, Banksy, um, in not having any more than sort of two players from each team, unless one of those, you know, you might have a third if it's a bench player that doesn't, you know, if it just sits there as a cheapie on the bench. Um, but I reckon that is a good deal. Watto, who's the best six man from Adelaide or Illawarra? These choices are between choices? Aaron and Spearsto. <laughs> no, what did he what did he say? Cam Stoby. Stoby Pestos. Stoby Pestos. It has something to do with Dis, power Dis, pole, Discord power inside yeah, inside Discord joke. It has some sort of power pole reference. <laughs> uh, or Illawarra Harvey or the Grim Reetha. For me, I don't think you can go wrong and, and look, it comes down to your team. Um, but he's saying six man spots, so I guess it doesn't. Um Reetha McCarran can't go wrong with either. Um Reith. Double double threat, amazing schedule, better than McCarran's. But yep. McCarran looked a triple double threat in that last game mm, as well, didn't he? Did. I think he was a, a couple of assists short of Golly. that elusive triple double. That could have been huge for you climbing oh, the rankings. Was still, was still good to, um, still <laughs> I, uh, good to just hold on to him, to be honest. I know, so a bit I of inside info. Yeah, I know. Early on, I, I called it in our chat, and you just finished, I think, playing your own local basketball game game down at Frankston there and you said don't tell me I'm watching it on replay so <laughs> spoiler alert um, we know Bairstow has been awesome and his price is right up there now but 
for me, uh, my opinion, uh, comes with a flag. The, there was no Red minutes flag. for the yep, other Adelaide bigs, um, humps. He's too good not to get minutes. I know you, you're saying yep. you can't take minutes away from him. I he agree. Has to take, he has to take minutes away from him. I agree. Um, Hump is a elite center when healthy and when he's shaken off that rust. Yep. Um, they didn't sign Kay Soto just to sit on the bench and play zero minutes. I don't know why he didn't play any minutes last game. Yeah, At one. some point, he's going to have to play some minutes, and they've got to come from somewhere. They also can't yeah. play all the minutes. Maybe there was some sort of COVID protocol there that we're not aware of. They didn't they allude to didn't it on the, say. on the coverage. So yep. not too sure there. But, yeah, I think that's a weird one because he's even been quoted, um, CJ, saying that, you know, he's going to be getting minutes. So it was a bit of a weird one there. Um, Harvey's a unique. No, I like Harvey's Harvey. definitely unique. He's one I'm considering. I need a shooting guard. I need a shooting guard. And he's a unique with the schedule, obviously, seven games in three weeks. So, you know, I, I guess what I was wanting is to kind of rank them there. Um, you tell me what you think, but if I am ranking them, I'm likely going Reef, double-double threat. Obviously, defensive numbers can be there. Best schedule out of the Adelaide and Illawarra players. McCarran, from what we saw, triple-double threat. I'd put him in at two. Um, Harvey, the go-to on the offensive end for Laura with that schedule would be my three. And I have question marks and flags over the sustainability of Bairstow's play. With plus, he's, plus he's up there in the price now, isn't he? He is. I think yeah. he's up, what is he, at uh, 1.32 uh, mil. So, I, yeah, I think there's a, there's, there's a red flag there um, for and sure. One, so. one, one I think we've got to mention there that Watto hasn't. I think oh, it don't just do gives, it. Don't, do, don't it. do it yet. Don't do it yet. No, do it. Do it. Okay. I, just, I think I'm bringing it in. I'm, so I'm sure. Talk about it. Uh, I knew it. I knew you were going to hide this. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Sam Froling. Okay. Oh. So you're talking about the team with the greatest schedule over the next three weeks, seven games in three weeks. And we're not speaking about the guy that now has the highest average from the Hawks. Yep. He's averaging 52 fantasy points over his last five and 49 on the season. That is better than Reith. That is better than Harvey. That is better than Cleveland. Yep. With the best schedule. And he's also a dual position player too. So if you're talking six man, I don't know what you can afford there, Watto, but if you want a, a unique at 5% and a guy that is averaging the most from the team with the most games over the next three weeks, that's definitely one to consider. While you mention him, um, let's go. I'm going to skip the little rundown thing here, and I'm going to go straight to Dylan G's question because you mentioned a name there. Trade in Cooks, Cheese, or Sam Froling this week? Well, that's tough, isn't it? I don't know. I'm biased here because I've held Cooks all season pretty much. Yep. I think Cheese has some question marks. I know he's heavily owned. A lot of people have been yep. holding him through this COVID disaster. Um, Bashley, we haven't seen him play there and we saw last week and I'm going to put you on the spot here mm-hmm. as far as I know, obviously Cheese was in a bit of foul trouble, I did not see that Phoenix game but as far as I heard from you and Benny, there was a bit of ISO play that, that sort of forced him into to foul trouble, is there any flags heading into a double this week for the Cheese? Well, look, he was in foul trouble early but then he rode out the rest of the game without it, which was a bit weird I think he had two or three in the first in the second quarter, and so he was off, obviously. But then I don't think he get he didn't get another foul for the rest of the game. And fouls, yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a bit of a tough one. 
Um, Ad- adjustment saved him too. Lucky those couple of blocks were picked up because he was sitting on a, a 10 or 11, I think, and um, got adjusted up to, to 19 and still yeah. got the 100K rise, but I don't know how much longer we're going to see that with the 19 and his rolling scores. I think um, I think Brisbane did their work on him and, and they played the bigger guys against him. So uh, Brisbane obviously have got L- Big Lou. And they have uh, Jack Salt, who's another massive unit. Um, so they they played those two guys um, probably, I think, more than we've sort of seen um, previously. Um, I think at least to start the game um, or earlier in the game. Um, and I, I guess it, it. Yeah, I don't know. It looked to me like they've kind of they kind of had a game plan in there against the big cheese, and it worked. And now, will other teams copy that? Some teams don't have the manpower. So if you're talking about, let's say, the JJs, they don't have the bigs to do it. Yep. Um, Should have a field day. Earth, you know? um, but, then, but then do they do they play small ball because there's no big for them to play on? When, you know? well, I don't I think that's worked against them either. I don't think that's worked, worked against uh, Cheese yet anyway. Um, he's, his points per minute still right up there. So... Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one with Bashley coming in now too. You think maybe Bashley's just going to get the minutes that say Smith Milner was getting, and then they had uh, Steve Taylor get some minutes as well on the weekend, almost five minutes there too. So that's fifteen minutes between Mil- Smith Milner and and Taylor. Does does you know Bashley just get those minutes and it's sort of? But then there's more minutes for obviously the cheese as well because he only played the seventeen. There's just too there's for me there's just too much unknown there to be honest. And maybe I'm biased, I'm a non-owner, but I've been monitoring him very closely because mm-hmm. as far as my squad's concerned, I feel he's the big name I don't have that yep. a lot of others up there do. Yep. Um, but I, I, look, this isn't unexpected and I don't, it's a little bit of a flag, but I wouldn't be overly concerned if I was an owner because we saw this in the preseason. There is going to be games where he gets in foul trouble, yep. but then there's going to be games where he gets a double-double and seven blocks. Yep. So he's, he's got the ceiling, and I think you just got to write it out as an owner. You're going to have these big games, but you're going to have these foul-imposed games as well, and you just yep. got to focus on what he's going to average over the journey. But as a non-owner, um, I'm happy to probably, because I've got other bigs that are that are filling my court with doubles already, I'm not too yep. worried about trading him in. That's not what yep. my team requires this week, especially when Cheese has a single okay. next week. So, right. I, I'm so, happy so. To, I'm happy to sort of monitor and see what happens with Ashley. So that's Cooks over Cheese, you're saying at the moment? For me, yeah. Cook uh, is frolling over cheese. Oh, this is hard. No, he, I throw seven with, games over with this. Yeah, over. with with the question yeah, mark. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. Yeah. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. You say frolling, wouldn't you? Yeah, just it's border. Uh, and then Sam frolling, Sam frolling, or Cooks. I'm going Cooks. Okay. Look, undeniably, frolling has been amazing. But I also just get this gut feel it's a bit of a purple patch. Yep. And I also feel that, look, from the two games I watched the Hawks play on the weekend, Froling was smashing the boards. And at some point, I just naturally feel that it's going to be Wreath's turn. Yep. So um, just just using averages alone, mm. Froling, you, sh- you should expect, say, something along, along the lines of 340 points from him over the next three weeks. Whereas with at Cook's averages, you're only looking at something along the lines of 260 odd. It's a big difference. Now, I don't you know, know it's, it, my, my it, gut it just doesn't, says doesn't mean Cooks they're going to get reliable. that average, but 
I'm just saying, just looking at the numbers purely, five games makes a huge difference compared to seven games when they're averaging similar numbers. I know they're not, you know, Cooks' average is slightly higher and maybe Froling's comes down a little bit, but even so, you know, dividing that 270, uh, 260-odd by, from which, which you could ex- maybe expect from Cooks, Froling only needs to average around about 37.5 over the next, over his seven games. And based on his current output, you'd think he does that easily, wouldn't you? You would think so. And he's unique, 5%. While we're still talking, uh, Sam Froling, how many Hawks players should we target and who are the top three from Bucks? Let's go quickly because we're uh, we're going pretty hard. We've we've talked enough about the Hawks. So um, Froling, yeah. I mean, if you're purely looking at the averages and the form, Froling's there. Um, Reith, obviously the other big, um, now quite highly owned, but has a ceiling, big double-double threat. Um, I think he can take over some of Froling's rebounds yep. at, at any point. Um, did not like that Reith was benched um, in the stretch last Next. game. Oh, coin Next. toss. Coin toss, Harvey Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Who are you going? Harvey or Cleveland? Which one? Harvey, oh, look, I've got Cleveland, so I'm biased. I don't think I can answer it. All right, I'm going Harvey. I like Harvey, but he's more expensive. You know, He's 1.4, isn't he? 1.45, something yeah. like that. Depends on what position you need. It's, if you got the cash, I do not have the cash, so um, I just can't. One point three seven years. I can't slot him in there. If you if you're doing a little, if you're doing a little, let's not let's not suggest that Banks would be doing something similar to this. But if you were to say bring Sobi in for this week on the triple and then go down the Harvey, then I think that makes absolute sense. Absolute or, sense. Or so, why don't we have both? Maybe I'll get Harvey and Cleveland. Oh righto, I like anyway, it. Um, who knows. So we did Keegan's about cheese, didn't we, really? We answered that. So what has he got there? No, we answered uh, about cheese in that last question. Whoops. Oh, well. Keegan, we did answer your question. Cheese. Um, what do you say? Other, just, just quickly cover up. Other factors, what seems like two easy matchups for Phoenix. Yep. Other handy matchups. Yeah, we've covered off. Um, covered all that. You, yeah. Uh, speaking of Frolings, someone's asked us, Brad, us about Harry Froling. Is he worth a bench? Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> I brought him in last season, and it was the week that he was in the doghouse with the coach. He looked really good, put on two or three weeks of really good scores, and then starting the second half of the first game I brought him in, coach put him in the doghouse, and he was seeing no minutes. Um, playing behind his brother, who is absolutely balling out, yep. and Reef. They did play um, together a bit, a little bit the other day as well, the two Frolings. It's good to see both of them playing. Huge heads they've got, both of them. Just <laughs> that's a bit that's a bit rough coming from you, but um, <laughs> yeah, <probably laughs> I mean, I just, right. I, I, you know what, just answer that one. He's got yeah, a sure. score in the six. He's got a score of six, yep. and he's got some scores in the teams. Too and it, it's yeah, it's not enough Too for me. Risky. All right, Ruby, Cleveland or Lamar? Go the Cav. Two more games over the next three. Yeah, but if you've got the luxury that you can have Lamar this week and then trade him out, I'd almost be going Lamar. I think in these COVID times, you're just tying up a trade. You're tying up two trades there. Yeah, yeah. If you want to go long-term, like as I said, I'm a Cleveland owner already and I'm glad I brought him in last week because he did okay. Um, and it's good. good and he's very consistent. He he does not have a poor score yet. He's he's sort of always in that thirty forty mark. He's a bit of a whinger to me. He does whinge about non foul calls and that sort of stuff oh, a little bit too much. So if he's going to be fantasy points, he can he can whinge as much as he wants. A couple of times. Well, I don't like that, and I'm not sure if Gorge likes that sort of stuff. So that worries me. Re minutes. 
if he keeps whinging, like do his minutes get he's passionate know, a little bit. Yeah, but there's passion. And then there's you got to get back on D, mate. Sometimes like it was a couple of times where he turned the ball over, carrying, and he was carrying on about the foul, you know, not getting the foul call, and the ball was already up the other end. You know, you're like, mate, you need to keep your head in the game. Anyway, Cleveland with two more games over the next three. We sort of said there another question for Keegan: Cleveland or Agada? I think that answers itself after the last question. Seven so let's, games, four in the next three from a, a young fella. He's I think he's been a fan for some time. Goes straight by the name f- of Benny. Straight from under the Duna. Straight from under the Duna. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> oh, good luck to him if he's under the Duna. Yeah, um, one question way. for me with Kai Sito. I think there's a little bit of a clever pun there. We've still Benny. got a Benny pun in there. Even he's not here. Puns in. Yeah, loves it. Not playing and no cheap, no cheapy cash cows. Who's the cheapest player in each position that you would consider your team complete? Keywords complete there, Banksy. Now we're all been going a fair chunk. Sounds, so sounds a bit lazy to me, Benny. Short. All right, PG. We've, we're probably covered off some of these. So yep. we're, we're not talking quick. the cheapest. We're talking the Only cheapest you would have. Go. XRM. Beautiful. If in a couple of weeks when he comes back, what's the other option? Scotty Machado. They're the two you'd be looking at, the PG for and, and you know what? The Civ's another one because he's still reasonably cheap. Good. So I'm going to throw yep. Civ in yep. there as a third. Third, yep. Um, schedule V price, those top two are yeah, underpriced yeah. with a good schedule. Yep, yep, yep. Um, SG's another one we've probably covered a fair bit today. DJ3J. Yeah, I think he's the cheap option at present. If um, you need a cheapie. Yep. What about Otherwise, you, you you spend up. Mumford's the other option. Yeah, Mumford. We're Mumford, talking cheapies though. He's DJ three. Jessup's cheaper than Mumford at the moment with the schedule. You're big, on, you're big on him, aren't you? You're big on. Well, I think he'd be. He's fairly. He's been fairly consistent. That's the thing, and he's got seven games compared to five. So, yep, I would like probably that. be going him. But there, that, that's that next range where they're sort of a million bucks. Whereas DJ three J is still sub. He's a cheapie. You need a cheapie cash cow. Yep. Small forward. I'll let you go this one because these well, are the names the you put down. There, I've put in there as Brad Newley. Now, he's cheap and he's not scoring that well, but I've put him in there as a dollar per point um, option. Now, I think he's only about 440K or something along those lines, and he's only averaging 10 or something. Um, but if you want to write a position off, like if you just want to keep, uh, uh, you know, if you have the ability to just keep him in Newley in that small forward bench spot, and not worry about having to bring anyone, you know, bring him in and risk playing him on even when they're on doubles, etc. Then I think he's one you can sort of write off and just he, he's he's getting minutes every game. Um, I think I had it in there. He's averaging 15 minutes a game. You know, it's had a couple of games where he was down a little bit, but the rest of them he's been up around that 15, 10, 15, etc. Um, so I'd be, you know, he's a possible real downgrade option yeah. if you're looking to just throw it's, away a position. It's a real downgrade. I'd almost rather keep McVeigh at this stage. Fair enough. The other ones are Bill Cole and Cairns, noting that they've basically played no games, so they're going to have another 400 games to go. Um, and he's been getting good minutes and putting up good numbers with Machado gone. Does he still continue to get those numbers? I think so for a little while. I think uh, my understanding, Dr. Boyd's understanding, is that um, Jerick was still a little while away, I think. So he would 
possibly be the risk of that coming in and taking some minutes. But while Cole is performing, I think he still gets minutes, even when Machado comes back. Well, at this stage, he's actually a cash cow. Yep, I know correct. a lot of people, before all the cancellations a couple of weeks ago, people were big on him. Yep. 31 and th- yeah, 31 and 35 in his last two, and priced at just the 465K. So, you know, you can expect some increases over the next couple of weeks for him when they play. If you're looking for a downgrade target, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep, like that. All right, power forward. Well, you go with your one first. Well, I've said it over the past couple of weeks. I traded him out very early. Um, that was more when he absolutely made me look like a fool and burnt me when I, I think it was around two is my number one captain, and that is uh, two-way Magne. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, what, 700-odd K now with a decent schedule coming up. But um, I want to see – and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. 800, is it? Okay. But, again, I think um, if I was big on him at his higher price, then it's one to monitor at the lower price. Again, if you can get a, a, a player like even a Majuk that, you know, you've got to play around with the um, flexibility of the dual positions there. But if you can, again, downgrade to a guy that's on the rise, if Magnes is on the rise, the minutes are building closer towards 30 minutes a game. And, you know, we did start to see a little bit from him prior to all these cancellations with the JJs. Then he's just one I've got my own, whether it's him or Hump. I'm just looking at these underpriced big men that I could downgrade other cash cows down to and put that cash to better use when we know that they're on the rise. Because we know Magne and, and Hump, they're, they're better than, than what we've seen so far. Yep, don't mind that. Mine's a bit of a controversial one. I've actually gone with Jock Deng. Um, the question was around about um, consider your team complete. Um, who's the cheapest player in that option? So there's a few options there now around that Majok Deng price, which is like Jack White, um, even Pete oh, from Melbourne United. Oh, forgot about Jack. Yeah, about Jack. but the reason why I've gone Majuk Deng as well is because their schedule, um, you know, as it stands after, let's say, this round and the next, they're going to have 20 games remaining compared to even, you know, Melbourne United are only going to have 17, you know. So there's, yeah. there's, there's a big difference there. And, it, you know, if you can afford to just keep Majuk in there, there's going to be some doubles. I mean, we've seen him this this already have a 60 um, this year. So, you know, he can put up some good scores. I think he's had a hit of run of, you know, done, had found some form. And I think he's, you know, if you've got the ability to make your team complete and you've got the money to do it, then maybe I think he's kind of an option. And I'm glad you said Jack White because, honestly, that's one that I forgot about. But, you know, we're we're talking about DJ3J, which had single-digit fantasy score games in two of his last three and really only showed something in that last game. Yes, Jack White is a bit more expensive, but he's been now back five games and he's already averaging 30 points a game. Yeah. Um, you know, he's very active in the minutes that he's on the court from what I've seen. Yep. Um, 14 and 11 in his last game, double-double, 55 points. So... Just one to watch, um, depending on how that schedule is going to pan out, because I think in the long term, United's schedule is just going to be just about as good as Cairns because they've got a string of, of singles after this week yeah, as well. Not quite. Yeah, not quite. Um, after we're saying at the moment, right, post round 11, they've got 15 compared to Cairns' 18. And in rounds 10 and 11, Cairns are on double. So you could say after round nine, Cairns have got 20 games to go, whereas Melbourne United have only got the 17. Yeah, right. Okay, important. Oh, sorry, sorry. Cairns have got 22 games to go, should I say. I've, 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 I'm 
my quick maths is a bit bit slow there's, there. There's going to have to be some triples in there, surely. For them to get these games in, Cairns are going to have to have some triples. You'd think so. You'd think so. Um, well, definitely. They're going to have, tw- you know, they've got 18 games to do. Oh, not quite. They've got 18 games to go in nine rounds, so they'll have to average a double. Average a double, yeah. That's good. Um, That's which nice. makes it pretty juicy, whereas other teams, you know, there's a team such as Sydney. Sydney, in the last nine rounds, are only going to have... 13 games, so that's only four doubles. Yep, yeah. and, and that's and look, just what you've said there is how you're going to make your cash this yeah. year. Um, I've, I've had Cooks pretty much through, and as soon as, you know, after these next few weeks, we're likely going to see Sydney's schedule taper down. Yep. I can downgrade him to someone close to the million-dollar mark with an awesome schedule like that yep. and, and put that cash to, to better use. All right, I think the centre position is one we've already talked about a little bit already tonight, and that's the hump. Hump slash Magna, yep. So that rounds us out there. I think, uh, you know, we've carried on uh, in Benny's absence pretty well tonight. Hopefully we've done Benny proud. Hope he's feeling so I'm better. not sure he'll be proud. Um, but <laughs> he may <laughs> depends be. how good I am at editing and getting all these bloody clips in that he does. Um, as always, we are on Twitter at bball underscore blokes. You can find us on Facebook by and just by searching for Basketball Blokes or the number one source of MBL fantasy news and information. Banksy's already quoted it today. I think even I did when we were talking about the schedule. www.basketballblokes.com. Until next week, stay classy. 